Hi, my name is Mason Dukacek, and for over 20 years, I've been a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and business consultant. Some of my work has been featured in Selling Power, Entrepreneur, and the New York Times. I've tried to share some of the most valuable things that I've learned across the desk from top executives and savvy business owners over the years in the books I've written, such as People Matter Most, Inclusive Leadership, and others. There's not much I haven't seen, and almost nothing surprises me anymore except one thing. What's the one thing that continues to surprise me? It's the failure of smart and experienced business owners and executives to grasp one simple truth, and that is that it is really expensive to be cheap. Once upon a time, I decided I wanted to get in shape and compete in a triathlon. I hadn't ridden a bike since I was a kid, and since a triathlon consists of a swim, bike, and run, I needed to buy a bike. I could have gotten a brand new bike from Walmart for about $100 or $200, and I also had the choice to spend $1,000 to $2,000 to get a new bike from a professional bike shop. Well, I spent 10 times more than I would have spent at Walmart because Ed Foster, the owner of Sunset Cyclery in St. Louis, Missouri, asked me a few important questions. He asked me how many miles a week I'd be training for my race. He asked me how many months I'd be training. He asked me how long my rides would be and where I planned on doing my training. When I told him that I'd be riding over 150, uh, I guess 100, 150 miles a week for several months leading up to the race, he asked a few more relevant questions. He asked, Mason, when you are 30 miles from home and the cheap bike you bought at Walmart breaks down and leaves you stranded in the middle of nowhere, will you feel good about the fact that you spent less on a cheap bike? Then he asked me, if you go flying down a hill at 42 miles an hour and the bike that was put together by a kid being paid a little over minimum wage falls apart the first time you hit a bump at high speed and you wake up in the hospital, will you feel good about the fact that you spent less to get a cheap bike? Well, needless to say, I bought the expensive bike and was so happy I did. What does that story have to do with business? Everything. Today, I want to share with you a simple strategy and give you a step-by-step -step treasure map explaining exactly how to implement this one strategy that can help you overcome some of your biggest business obstacles and solve a whole bunch of other business problems before they occur. Think of it like bowling, rolling one ball down the alley and then knocking down lots of pins all in one swoop. Well, this strategy works kind of like that. It's one strategy, except that you take out lots of business problems instead of pins, and you can do it all in one swoop. The strategy I'm going to share with you is related to employee selection secrets and best practices. If you want to increase sales, hire and retain people who can sell. If you want to reduce absenteeism and tardiness, hire and retain people who are reliable. If you want to get more work accomplished with fewer people and minimize overtime costs, then hire and retain people who have a work ethic. If you want to reduce turnover, well, hire and retain people who have the skill, attitude, and personality required to match the demands of the job. If you want to minimize accidents in the workplace, then hire and retain drug-free employees. If you want to reduce employee theft, time theft, or fraudulent workers' comp, hire and retain employees with integrity who won't steal or fake injuries. And if you want to prevent negligent hiring lawsuits and avoid applicants with, then avoid applicants with a history and track record of problems. Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, says the most important thing any business owner can do is get the right people on the bus and into the right seats, as well as getting the wrong people off the bus. The bus he is referring to, of course, is your business. John Hauser, a former IBM executive, 
who was a mentor of mine early in my career, was talking about the importance of companies attracting, developing, and retaining top talent, and liked to ask business owners how they would tend to a garden that was their only source of food. The garden he was referring to in this analogy was the work environment and culture that attracted, developed, and retained the best people. Wouldn't you agree that the people you hire either solve business problems or create new ones? It's true, isn't it? Well, after reading Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, or my book, People Matter Most, I often find myself in discussions with people wanting to know the secrets of hiring the best and avoiding the rest. They realize that hiring, like bowling, is something that can knock down lots of obstacles when the best strategy is implemented correctly. Now, you can waste years of hard work and thousands of dollars learning what I'm about to share with you, or you can just follow the step-by-step blueprint that I'm going to lay out for you. In this example, I will show you a best practices employee selection process that was designed to help employers gather as much accurate job-related information as they possibly can as quickly as possible and without putting an unnecessary strain on their resources. Failure to gather as much job-related information as you possibly can about every single applicant before making an offer is like agreeing to play Russian roulette without checking every chamber to make sure it's clear. There's a logical flow to the process highlighted in the tunnel in the funnel that I'm about to share with you. You'll notice that the process treats all applicants fairly and consistently. You'll also notice that each person who makes it through the entire process will have been thoroughly screened using applications, background checks, drug tests, and interviews, as well as skill, attitude, and personality-based assessment tools. For a salaried or professional position, the funnel looks like this. Step one, is to accept applications and or resumes. Step two is to administer three different personality assessments or pre-employment assessments that are meant to evaluate the job match in terms of skills, attitudes, and behaviors required by the job. The Johnston Index is a basic skills assessment that measures problem solving, math, vocabulary, and spelling skills. The Insure survey mentioned measures integrity, reliability, work ethic, and attitudes towards substance abuse. The Personality Plus that's mentioned measures 10 different behavioral traits that employers can use to match a person to the demands of the job. Step three is to review the applications and resumes. Those lacking the desired qualifications are tossed out of the funnel and do not continue in the selection process. Step four is to score and review the results of the Johnson Index Assessment. Those applicants lacking basic skills are removed from the funnel and do not continue in the selection process. Step five is to score and review the results of the Insure survey. Applicants clearly lacking integrity, reliability, work ethic, or attitudes towards substance abuse are eliminated from the funnel. Step six is to conduct an initial phone screen and or interview. Step seven is to score and review the Personality Plus results to make sure the behaviors required by the job match the person. For example, if someone is an introvert, a job like being a Walmart greeter might not be a good fit. Or, if a person is very sensitive, a job in collections, customer service, or sales where they're likely to experience rudeness, angry clients, and outright rejection could seem like torture. Step eight is to conduct final interviews. Step nine is to conduct background checks, reference checks, and drug tests to minimize other work-related risks and minimize the possibility of ending up on the wrong end of a negligent hiring lawsuit where your company could be held liable for criminal or torturous acts conducted by employees toward coworkers or customers. 
Step 10 is a trial period, which gives you the ability to test drive new workers before they become full-time employees. Look, at the top of the funnel, there are more applicants and the steps near the top are fast, easy, and inexpensive to implement. As you get further down the funnel, the time and investment made in evaluating remaining applicants increases while the number of applicants who make it to each new step decreases. The people who make it to the end have been thoroughly screened. You've done your job properly and maximized the probability of getting the best people and minimized the probability of getting the worst. Like I said earlier, it's really expensive to be cheap when it comes to business and as it relates to hiring. The rewards tied to good decisions and the consequences tied to bad decisions couldn't be further apart. What's the difference between what your best person, salesperson sells in a year and your worst salesperson? How many times can you afford to pick the wrong one? Of course, you could save a few bucks by skipping the insurer survey in your process. Will you feel good about that decision though when you have people embezzling money, faking injuries, or you find yourself paying unnecessary overtime costs because you have unreliable people skipping work and or showing up late? Of course, you could save a few more bucks by skipping the personality plus. As my mom says, if you don't take the time to do something right the first time, you'll have to make time to do it over. And will you feel good if you have to keep replacing people over and over again who don't fit when you could have found out ahead of time that they weren't going to work out? Of course, you could skip drug tests and background checks and save a few dollars there as well. But will you feel good about that decision when you find yourself in a lawsuit with no defense because you were negligent? and cut a few corners being cheap. I shared this funnel with you so you can cover all your bases. You can take my word for it or find out the hard way. I had a client uh, one time who had a funnel similar to this for their warehouse workers in a large retail sporting goods chain. At some point, the client felt that they didn't have an employee theft problem and they could save a few dollars by cutting out the assessments measuring integrity from their process. It didn't take long before they noticed things like expensive baseball gloves, bats, and high-end sunglasses, etc., missing. Lots of them. Then they had to buy more security cameras, hire loss prevention specialists, and eventually lawyers to press charges. Dr. Greg Lusignant is an industrial psychologist in Las Vegas, Nevada, and he used to tell me that you can't judge a crook by their cover. He was right, and that retail sporting goods chain learned that lesson the hard way. I'm not saying that you can't hire good people by skipping any of the steps in the process I've laid out for you. You might get lucky more often than not, but luck isn't a strategy, and why risk it if you don't?